Most of us buy things we don't really need and then worry that we don't have enough money to pay the bills for things that we bought that we couldn't afford in the first place. A lot of us just stare at some type of screen for, for more than we really care to admit each day and then worry we don't have time for what really matters. And we, we try to find meaning in what we do to make money or, or how much money we make or what we can buy with the money we make or what title we have or, or when we get to retire and we wonder why life seems purposeless. See, Jesus didn't come to tell us what we can't do. He came to show us who we can be and to make us into who we were always meant to be. And that includes what we do with what we have. Hi. Hello. Welcome to Together for Salem. Monica, Aaron, here on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church here in now dark Salem, Oregon. Welcome. We are in part five of our You Can series. What if I'm new? What do I do? I'm ah. watching this for the first time. Cool. Or maybe listening. Or maybe listening. Sub podcasters. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, fill out the welcome form on our website. We'd love to say hello to you. It's a chance for you to say hi and just let us know you're watching. It's super easy. You can also just shoot us an email if you prefer that route. Mm -hmm. Info at yourcrosscreek.com or yourcrosscreek.com slash welcome. If the podcasters are listening and need it said to them. I can yes. also spell it, but I won't. Thank you. Yes. One more, one more question. Okay. Do you want to watch this message? Yes. Right now? Yep. Great. You are smart. And so here's something I know that you know. A lot of what we do with our time, our ability, and our money is purposeless. See, we just do the same things over and over without thinking about why we do it, meaning we do it with no purpose. So for a second, pause Candy Crush, stop scrolling through Insta Face Talk for a second, and think about this. We wear ourselves out using most of our time and abilities to make other people money. And a lot of the money we do get to keep, thanks for letting us keep some of that, uh, we spend on things that we want right then to keep up the lifestyle we want, or at least the appearance of the lifestyle we want other people to think we have. And then to distract, we use our money to distract us until it's time to go back and work for more money to buy stuff we don't really need in the first place, right? And now, <laughs> you might already be pushing back against this, right? Is that you? Like, you don't know me, guy on the screen. I, I don't waste my time and my money. I work, I work hard to support my family. In fact, I barely make ends meet as it is. I am so busy and I wish I had time and money to waste. In fact, that's one of my main problems. And I know, like, honestly, I'm saying the same things inside to myself too as I talk about how we waste our time, money, and abilities. But if you're watching this right now, if you're listening to this right now, there's a 98% chance that you live in the United States of America, which means you most likely have more than you need. Here. I'll show you. 
You're watching or listening to this on a smartphone or a smart TV or a computer, which most likely has a screen much bigger than you actually need. And there's a chance you're listening in a house or a car more expensive and nicer than it really needs to be. And you might be sipping a drink way more expensive than it probably needs to be. And you may be eating food you didn't make for a price that was way higher than if, if you did make it yourself. You get the point. We spend most of our time, ability, and money on ourselves. Now, are there people in our society and world that what I just said doesn't apply to? People who can barely afford the essentials of food, shelter, and clothing? Absolutely. But the question is, are you one of them? Probably not. See, most of us buy things we don't really need and then worry that we don't have enough money to pay the bills for things that we bought that we couldn't afford in the first place. A lot of us just stare at some type of screen for, for more than we really care to admit each day and then worry we don't have time for what really matters. And we, we try to find meaning in what we do to make money or, or how much money we make or what we can buy with the money we make or what title we have or, or when we get to retire and we wonder why life seems purposeless. Now, maybe you grew up wanting to make a difference in the world, wanting to have, have a life that was lived for a larger purpose. But at some point, you gave up and, and settled for just getting by and, and worrying about your own, your own needs slash wants. Or maybe you were never told you could live for more. Maybe you're never told that there's, a, there's actually an option other than living for the American dream of, of a job and money and marriage and kids and a house and, and more stuff. And that's why we're doing this series called You Can to remind us or maybe tell you for the first time that you can. You can have a life of purpose. See, Jesus didn't come to tell us what we can't do. He came to show us who we can be and to make us into who we were always meant to be. And that includes what we do with what we have. See, our life isn't meant to be spent on ourselves, but to be purposely invested for others. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower and you're kinda, you don't consider yourself a Jesus follower, but you're checking this out, maybe somebody sent it to you, I don't know. I want you to know you are completely safe right now. What I'm about to talk about no, we do not expect you. You do not have to do anything I talk about. But if you are tired of having that same routine with the same results, I want to show you what you are invited to. And we see this life that we actually all are invited to in what we call the Gospel of Luke. It was written by an ancient historian named Luke who was friends with the Apostle Paul. And what he did, he went and, and interviewed all the people who knew Jesus. And he got the story straight of who Jesus was, what he taught, and what he did. And in this basic eyewitness historical account, he records one of the most important, one of the most famous conversations in history. In fact, if you don't know anything about the biblical writings, you've probably heard about what we're going to talk about here. And so in this account, Jesus is asked by one of the religious leaders of his, of his time that he, he's asked, hey, what does God really want for us? Or the, it was a religious leader asking Jesus this. And it's kind of his way of asking, Jesus, what is the meaning of life? And Jesus said, 
it's it's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul. And then the accounts of Matthew and Mark, Jesus also says, and the second is like it, meaning equally important. You can't do the first one if you don't do the second. And this and the law that is like it, that is as equal to, you can't fulfill it without doing this, is love your neighbor as yourself. See, Jesus was saying that the purpose of life, the meaning of life, is to love God by loving our neighbor as ourselves. So Jesus is saying the purpose of life, the meaning of life, is to love God by loving our neighbor as ourselves. And so this religious leader trying to maybe find a loophole or trying to find a list of rules so he doesn't have to, that he can follow, so he doesn't have to follow other ones, says, yeah, but Jesus, who is my neighbor that I'm supposed to love as myself? Or, yeah, but what does love really look like, Jesus? And so I, I want us to grasp the importance of what comes next in this account. See, Jesus, who we believe was God in a body, is asked to fully explain the main thing he wants us to do. This is like God's explanation of the meaning of life. And now often when the typical explanation of what it means to love God and love others is, you know, well, we need to go to church and, and sing some songs and, and give some of our money and, and you're good to now go pursue the American dream. Oh, and, and be nice and make sure you smile at people in the grocery store. But see, Jesus doesn't give this guy here a, a bare minimum list. In fact, he gives him an example to emulate. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Cool little side note, this road still exists. It's about 17 miles long. It's still between Jerusalem and Jericho. You can like go walk it if you want to. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. You see, he says, by chance, a priest comes by, and maybe the audience is thinking, a priest? Awesome, this man is saved. Nope. See, this priest loved God professionally. He had, he had the job and the title, but he didn't have the heart of loving his neighbor as himself. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. A temple assistant, a the like direct translation, a Levite. This is a, a person whose family from the mo time of Moses was chosen to serve in the temple. And so his life, he was grown up and trained to serve in the temple. So is now the man saved because this, this person with the right lineage is there to, to save him? No. See, this, this Levite, this temple assistant, was born to love God, right? His whole life was preparing to love God by helping people in the temple. He had the right lineage. He was from the right culture. He had the training, but not the heart. And so we read about the priest and the, and the Levite kind of passing this guy by. And maybe as they're, as they're walking by, you know, they, they send some, some thoughts and prayers and positive vibes to this guy. But, and, and maybe... They feel bad for him, right? Oh man, that must suck to be you. But I mean, really, he, he got he got beat up on the road. God wasn't blessing him in any way, so he probably got what he deserved, I would think. And and besides, I'm busy and I got my nice clothes on and my wife expects me for dinner. I, I gotta get moving. And so the audience listening to Jesus' story, 
most likely they're thinking, oh, no surprise these guys passed him up. I mean, those guys suck. Like, they're part of the religious establishment. They treat us the same way, really. And now they're probably expecting Jesus to stick it to the religious elite in this story, right? And have like a simple Jewish man come by and, and take care of his brother Jew to kind of go along with the usual anti-religious establishment feel of Jesus' teachings, right? But if his audience had taken the time to actually read the title of the story, they'd know what happens next. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandit? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. See, this is not what Jesus' audience expected. And, and a lot of focus is put on the fact that the guy who actually stops and helps is a Samaritan. Because Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They were historical, racial enemies. And so it was shocking that the hero, the one who truly lived out God's purpose for humanity, was actually a hated Samaritan. And that point is important. And there is a lot that we can, we can dive into there. But there is more in this story than just uh, racial tension. See, think about it. This is God's example of what it means to love him by loving others. See, Jesus doesn't describe the Samaritan's religious discipline or how often he prayed or, or what verses he has painted on his walls at home or even what synagogue he belongs to or how he knew just who to include and, and who to exclude or even how he voted or you know what, what he ate or drank. Jesus doesn't describe any of that. Jesus describes the Samaritan's actions when he's faced with the need of someone else. See, this Samaritan chose to purposely invest his time, ability, and money for the good of someone he didn't even know, for the good of a cultural enemy, in fact. See, love is purposely choosing to use what we have and what we are for the good of others. So what did this Samaritan specifically do? Why did Jesus use this story as the example of purposely investing our lives? Well, first, the Samaritan chose to look. Right? He saw the man there. He saw the need. He had eyes that were open. He had a schedule that wasn't so busy. He wasn't so preoccupied and stressed out and in his own world that he missed this man's need. So he chose to look. And he chose sympathy and empathy. He saw the man for who he really was. Not a hated enemy or, or a sinner getting what he deserves, but as an image bearer of God, worthy of attention and love. See, the Samaritan didn't say, well, I can't just stop and help everyone who gets beaten up on the side of the road. No, he thought this could be me or this could be my kid maybe even. How would I want to be treated? He did what, as Andy Stanley says, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And then he invested his time. He actually stopped. 
He saw the man's needs as more important than his own schedule, as more important than how he had wanted to use his time that day. And then he invested his abilities. He soothed the man's wounds. He wasn't a surgeon, but he did what he could with what he knew. He used his ability, what he had at the time, and what he could do to help the man. And not only that, he invested his resources. He put the man on his own donkey, or in our work, he put the man in his own car and used his own gas to drive him to the inn where he used his own money to pay the innkeeper. But he didn't even stop there. See, then he recruited others to join. He said to the innkeeper, here's some money, now you help the man, and when I get back, I'll pay you extra if you need it. And so Jesus ends this story, this explanation basically of what it, the meaning of life, Jesus ends with this, which one of these three men loved his neighbor? And the religious leader answers the, the third one who took care of him. And Jesus says, go and do the same. Now, remember, if you're not a Jesus follower, you are completely safe. You don't have to do anything that we just talked about. But my question is, which of these three men had a life of purpose? Which of these three could look back and be proud of the path they chose? Which one was living the life we all truly want to experience? This, this life, this is the life you are invited to experience also. Now, if you are a Jesus follower, you're not so safe. See, this story of the Good Samaritan isn't some impossible ideal that when we when we hear it again, we don't just nod and agree with it, but we know it's kind of this ideal that's out of reach for us, right? It's like, it's, we're not the Good Samaritan. And it's not something we, we try to do every once in a while when our church organizes a service project. See, this is an example of what Jesus expects a typical, common, normal Jesus follower to live like every day. See, following Jesus requires purposely investing for the good of others. This is who you can be through Jesus. And whether you're a Jesus follower or not, do you want to experience true life, a life of purpose? Then, instead of spending your time, abilities, and money on yourself, spend yourself for the good of others. Purposely invest what you have and who you are into the kingdom of God. And so if you're ready to be who you can be, if you're ready to rise above the normal and the typical and the empty and the purposelessness, then I have a challenge for you. First, evaluate yourself. Ask, do I regularly use who I am and what I have for the benefit of others? How, how would you know? Like, what's a, what's a good metric there? Honestly, look at your calendar and your bank statement. Look at your calendar. What do you spend most of your time on? Is it yourself? Is it your hobbies? Is it your kids' sports? What do you spend most of your time on? That shows you what you value with your time and maybe your abilities. And then look at your bank statement. What do you spend money on? Is most of it you? Or are you using it to invest in good for others? So evaluate. And then after you evaluate, adjust. 
you might need to create some margin. See, if you found yourself saying while I was talking that, oh, I wish I could you know, invest, but I'm, I'm too busy or, or I don't have anything to give. To live the life you were created for, you might have to make some major changes in your priorities. You might not, they might not be major. You might need to start with, with some minor adjustments, but either way, the life we truly want to live doesn't just happen by accident, and so we need to adjust. And then invest, actually do it. We have some resources on at yourcrosscreek.com slash alliances, and they can, on uh, purposely investing, gives us some ideas of, of how we can invest. But ask this, when you're ready to invest, ask Jesus, what do you want me to do with what you have given me? And what do you want me to do with who I am, who you created me to be? Is it, is it to give money? Well, there, there's places to invest your actual money in, in the show notes of this episode and on our website. In fact, you could invest in Cross Creek Community Church, the church that puts all this together, and an investment into the kingdom of God that goes into our community to help others and pays salaries and bills and all that for what you're watching right now. Maybe you need to invest your, your time or your abilities. There's so many volunteer opportunities. There's some in the show notes that you can check out. I have a friend. I want to give some examples. I have a friend who knows cars, knows engines. Well, a single mom he heard of got rear-ended, couldn't close her trunk, and so he fixed it for her for free. In fact, he came over to my house and fixed my flat tire for me in like 10 minutes. In fact, the house I live in right now wouldn't exist without a friend taking to time to, to invest their time, their ability, their money even, and their resources to help me build a house for my family. So once you invest, then choose to trust. See, nothing exercises our trust better than being generous with our time, ability, and money. See, think about it. If I give up my time to help someone, then I need to trust that God will give me the ability and time to get done what I need to get done. And when, when I use my money to invest in others, it forces me to rely on something other than what I own and something other than my stuff. Because think about this, and we'll talk about this more in, in, a, few, in a few weeks in a future series. What you rely on is what you worship. What you rely on for your life is what you worship. And so, to be generous, we have to say, God, you said you would take care of me. And I know you want me to be generous. So here we go. I'm being generous. Please show up. And then he does. And then you're like, well, that was kind of cool. I'll try it again. And then you do it again. And then he shows up again. And pretty soon you realize he was telling the truth when he says he cares about you and will take care of you and that he will take care of all your needs. In fact, check out what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Check out what it means to have a true life of freedom because when you are trusting God, you have true freedom. See, purposely investing our life frees us from worrying about our life. Listen, we weren't born to just get as much stuff as we can for ourselves, only to watch it fall apart, fall out of style, fall into neglect, or fall through our fingers when we die. God himself died to show us that our lives have a greater meaning and a greater purpose than we even know. 
you can have a life of meaning. You can make a difference. You can change one life at a time, even yours. It's a choice. So will you waste who you are and what you have on, on yourself? Or will you use it to love others and trust that because God loves you, he will take care of your needs. You can invest your life on purpose for the greatest purpose. Fifth one, well, fork really with an intro. Um, four questions so far oh, yeah. that we could be evaluating ourselves on. Mm -hmm. So, if you've been following along, there's going to be six total, and all the questions that we can evaluate ourselves on these marks or measures or um, how we're doing, you can, mm -hmm. um, are on a downloadable thing on the website. So check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. It's a great way to just kind of do a little self-check, a little reflecting. Mm -hmm. Uh, could be an area that you could pursue some growth in, maybe in an alliance relationship. Yeah. Um, so all that's on our website. It's explained. It's for you. Check it out. Yeah. So thanks. And all the links that John talked about are in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, links to for places if you want to faithfully invest your time or uh, faithfully invest your treasure. Mm -hmm. uh, those places are on the website. But we've uh, created some links for you on our donate page on the website. So check that out could be a great starting point for you. Right. Right. What's so. uh, what's with your shirt? Ah, yes. Well, DK Metcalf. Whom you stole from me in fantasy yes. this year. He was a star for me last year. Go on. He's questionable right now. So he oh, might not God. even play in week, what are we in, week seven? No, week six. six. We're in week six. Yeah. So I'm hoping DK is going to be playing this weekend. Okay. You guys are watching probably. I mean, it's not going to be on If you're watching on Sunday, then I guess you'll find out. Monday. Anyway, yeah. go Seahawks. Rough year. Yeah. But mostly just, this is for my fantasy team. And it's October. It is October. And I notice you're wearing very, something very colorful. I am. I'm trying this out. I grew up in the Midwest, and I don't think in the 20 couple years I lived there, I ever saw anyone with a vest on with short sleeves. This is like something I saw in the uh, West. Are there long sleeve vests? No, you like always wear a long sleeve underneath your vest there. Oh, because gotcha. Because it's like okay. so cold you could actually die. I say, I feel like this is more of a fashion statement, as it were. Yeah, so I'll describe it. Podcasters, he's, Aaron's wearing a, what is it called? It's like it's a, a little, vintage It's vintage. There's a little vest. sunny ski it's vest. JC Penny. It's green and yellow and Ski orange. apparel from the 70s. Uh huh. Anyway, you're wearing it for a reason. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Monica. I thought we were going to wear Boo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. This just got dropped off 10 minutes ago. We've been booed. <laughs> so we got booed 10 minutes ago. Can I lay claim to some of these goodies? Well, they're mostly... Commodore, sit. Chill out, buddy. Thank you. Good boy. You want a Reese's? Just kidding. Oh, boy. Anyway, boo your neighbor. Tell the people about it. That's it. We just got these candies dropped off, and there's a little message. You've been booed inside, and a couple of sweet little notepads. Mm. Also Halloween related, which is pretty fun. Yeah. So you can do that with treats. Um, you can do that with a gift card. You can do that with prepackaged cookies. You can make a treat of your own. And the whole point is to just like let your neighbor know you love them. That's right. And drop something off for them. I feel super loved by all those Reese's in that bag. Me too. Uh, and on your yourcrosscreek.com slash boo, we have instructions for Boo Your Neighbor if you're unfamiliar with it. But mm -hmm. it's just kind of a fun Halloween, October uh, game that you can play with your neighbors. And That's yeah, right. Show, sh share some love. Share the holiday love. That's right. Yeah. 
Yep. So that's October for us. Yeah. And here we are. And we're going to have an in-person gathering next weekend. So mark your calendars for October 24th. This time, good news for those of you who don't like to cook, we'll do the cooking for you. So Yay. come have a free dinner um, on us. We'll do a little bit of music. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll hear, we're going to hear from um, some friends who are over at Samanka Place. Oh, awesome. This week, or that week on the 24th. So it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, just a little bit about what's going on in our community, um, how we can support them. Maybe hear some encouraging stories. It's going to be mm -hmm. short, sweet. And then we'll have communion together, optional. If you'd like to share communion with us, you may have some, some bread and some juice and celebrate Jesus. And then mm -hmm. dinner. That's right. Right. Which is also optional. You can just come for the first part and leave for dinner. That's yep. okay too. But we would love to see you in person. It's just a chance to get together, um, be together, sing together, um, and see each other's faces. So mm -hmm. that's it on Idlewood at Gateway Foursquare yeah. Church. There's information on the website. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been yet, it's a fun thing to check, check out. Check it out. So if your kiddos want to be in a classroom environment, they can, or they can just hang out with you at the table in the main room, have some communion and the, the dinner together. Mm -hmm. You said you can again. I did. The name of our series. Hey, you know what you can do is answer these questions. <laughs>